0: <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wild Chat Facts. And today is going to be all about elephants. Uh, I am Ryan. That over there is Maria. And as always, guys, for the fact videos, basically, we pick a topic, which is, in this case, going to be an animal or something animal-related. We scour the Internet for all the fun stuff that we can find. We put it on a piece of paper, we bring it on over here, and we share it with you guys. Um. Mar, do you want to kick us off with the first fact or tell us what you thought about looking for elephants or how do you want to start the show off? Well,
1: first of all, I got to say elephants are not only massive and impressive, they're just overall incredible creatures that are more complex than we think. And just to begin with something really, really simple of facts is that um, they're so smart and their brain is so well developed that they actually have self-recognition. Self-recognition was only thought of being on cetaceans, which are uh, dolphins and uh, orcas, uh, magpies, and humans, and perhaps, of course, other primates. But um, being able to recognize themselves in a mirror—it's mm-hmm. is very unique and very incredible. And um, to that side, you will think that an animal being so large would mm-hmm. have to sleep longer to be able to re—you know—recover from the days okay. and all the work they do. But they actually sleep about an average of two hours,
0: every 24 hours. Interesting. Okay. Um, I wanted to start off with going a little bit backwards. So elephants have clearly been around a long time. I didn't go ahead and look up like when they evolved or what they evolved from. But one of the interesting facts that I don't think a lot of people know is the Hindu god of wisdom and success. And this is that'll tell you how revered elephants are within that culture. Um, Ganesh is actually depicted with an elephant's head.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I like Ganesh. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to the issue of intelligence and rever- being so revered, uh, elephants have been known to actually nurse other other elephants. So if one of them is wounded has a foreign object, like a piece of wood stock, whether he fell or a spear got uh, thrown at him. They actually have been known to remove the uh, spears and stay with infant elephants who were born with disabilities, which is very unique in the animal kingdom.
0: It is. It is. You see that every once in a while. There's been like dolphin pods that have adopted other like, deformed belugas and stuff like that. But there are very few animals that will continue to care for, because it becomes a a survival liability. But when you're as large as elephants are, there's not too many things that are hunting you once you get to a certain size. So
1: once you get uh, to a certain size, yeah,
0: there's there's the benefit there. Um, So in Thailand and and other like Eastern uh, cultures, um, white elephants are basically prized above all. They're, They're rather rare, but you'll see them on, carvings and you'll see them in parades and basically they get taken care of, and especially in Thailand. It's it's a big deal over there. And I found it interesting as I was looking up stuff about white elephants, there's a lot of interesting things you can say about them and their traditions, but basically they don't have to do anything the rest of their lives. They're not working animals. Like a lot of elephants um, in the East are working animals. They're meant to haul logs and, and do things like that. But white elephants basically are so revered that they're taken care of. But one of the things that I found interesting was they're taken care of, but also some people, it's kind of a punishment that basically they are gifted a white elephant and then expected to take care of it. So it's kind of a backhanded compliment, but not. <laughs> so so it is a, a high, highly prized gift, but at the same time, then you are responsible for taking care of it for the rest of its life and you can't put it to work. So kind of a double-edged sword there.
1: And it's interesting because I was reading about how expensive elephants are, and this is a fact mm-hmm. that I had not chosen, but I read. They're so expensive, but they're not the most expensive animal in a zoo. Would well, you guess which one would be more expensive than an elephant, guys? It seems like Ryan knows,
0: I think I know. but there is
1: one animal who is not necessarily the largest but it's way more expensive than an elephant.
0: I will give everybody in the audience a second to think through it. And if so correct, let's
1: give them hints. Let's give them hints.
0: Okay, now I don't know that I'm correct. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, so I probably shouldn't be the one giving the hints in case I'm not right, that would make no sense. You give everybody a hint then.
1: Okay, so they are from a very small region found only in a very small region of China. And they only have two colors.
0: I am right. Um, So basically, if everybody doesn't know this, all giant pandas outside of China are actually owned by China. So if you see giant pandas in zoos around the world, they weren't given to them. They were essentially leased to them. I forget what the number is, but I think I recall it being somewhere like almost near a million dollars or something to lease a panda. Um, so yes, I would had to have assumed that that was gonna be the most expensive animal, not because you gotta care for it, just because of what it costs to get it there would be the giant panda was my guess.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> good, good guess. And I hope many of you guessed too. And I'm sure the clue of in a small region of, uh, um, of, a, uh-huh. of uh, China, hopefully that helped. And you didn't think it was a Chinese alligator, which is also from a very small region.
0: That's a good China, point. So. Like, Orangutan is from a very small, uh, specific area. and then But you know, not of China. No, no. But you you didn't. And then you said China. And I was like, okay, well, that took that one away from everybody. But
1: mm-hmm,
0: okay. mm-hmm. Um, we're doing elephants, Maria. And we've done this fact probably six times. And I'm sorry, I just can't help myself. It's just one of the funnier facts that we have. But everybody, if you live in Florida, and you're hanging out with your elephant, <laughs> and you decide to leave him next to a parking meter because there's an open parking spot, you better pay the meter because elephants tethered to parking meters are charged the same as a vehicle in Florida.
1: (laughs) Yep, we had a conversation about um, packing and parking in one of the episodes.
0: Oh, this has to be like the third or fourth time we've done this fact, but it was the elephant video. I couldn't leave it out of this one.
1: (laughs) And I actually have extra things to add to that that I found as facts. Okay. So, of course, giving uh, foreign substances that are not naturally occurring, natural occurring within the eating, you know, spectrum of an animal, because there are many things that are naturally occurring you shouldn't have anyway. But within the natural spectrum of food um, in Missouri, it's actually legal to provide alcohol to elephants.
0: Have you seen how hard they're worked in circuses? They need it after a hard day's work. <laughs> humans are allowed. I just don't see why elephants shouldn't be.
1: But in North Carolina, elephants may not be deployed to work to plow cotton fields.
0: Okay. So it
1: must have been that elephants were very popular at some point or circuses will, will uh, lease their elephants. And of course, if you lease something you have to pay for it and pay the parking as well like
0: a car not North Carolina that's only in Florida unless you know Yes, yes. I, yeah I'm guessing there's some old laws on the books for a lot of stuff like that because as industry evolved you're kind of looking at it going well this animal could be used or that animal could be used it's like well we don't theoretically you could use an elephant but we don't want a fleet of like 30 elephants per field that's just not sustainable on many different types of levels um That might be a reason that that law was created, but that's just a total shot in the dark. Did you know that the Africans and Afrikaans actually have a word for the elephant's trunk? And that word, ever so properly, is slurp. (laughs) Very proper. (laughs) We call it a slurp, yes. And if you've ever listened to an elephant drink water... Or as we brought up in the food facts video, if you've ever been in a restaurant in Japan, China or Korea and listened to people eating noodles, slurping is definitely something that would come to mind.
1: (laughs) Slurping. That sounds very elegant and regal for an elephant. I thought so.
0: I thought so. I was just more right on the nose. Like we always talk about how the German language, their even their insults are practical. So I feel like that's one of those. Like, it's just a very like, it's practical, but. That's a good point. Yeah. So speaking of slurps,
1: since we are in that subject and the elephants, uh, I actually found very interesting that they will define uh, that elephants actually do have fingers. Okay. So they, one of the research says that um, like a projection, like if you see the, almost like the tip of an elephant tusk, slurp. Um, They said that Asian elephants have one slurp. It's like on the top. It's almost like they use it like a finger, like to grab things.
0: Yeah, if you've, yeah, if you've ever seen an elephant at the very, like where the nostril-looking things it's are. It's like a lip. Able to, they're able to manipulate that top part of, of the end of their trunk, yeah.
1: But, but... The African elephants have actually two, which I found to be very fascinating. I never noticed those uh, projections that they have on their uh, on their
0: slurps. So, yeah, my understanding was it's you don't really see them as much as they're part of the circle, but then they can move them in such a way that they basically become fingers. So until they start yes. actually uh, manipulating things, you wouldn't notice them. But then once you do, yeah, they can make heart shapes or one up down or pinch things with it. And they're really sensitive too. Like they're able to pick up very delicate objects and that's how much control they have over that massive trunk and this, those little quote unquote fingers at the end of it there. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. Was... the
1: amount of muscles. I mean, they were saying they have so hundreds of muscles just in the trunk. So they're very capable of very easily manipulate small things using yes. those protrusions.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, most people don't. This is just fun a lot of times. So a lot of times you'll see elephants that are kind of splashing around and playing in the water and rolling in the mud. And when it's juveniles, you just assume that they're playing. But then you see adults do it also. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is as strong as the, the hides are on an elephant, they're also very sensitive to the sun and to sunlight. And the reason that they're rolling around in the mud and doing all that or splashing water around a lot of times is to either remove mud to then put on a new layer of mud. Because essentially for them, mud is a sunblock. And that's how Mm -hmm. they protect themselves and their skin um, from the harsh rays. Because most people know the elephants frequent uh, Africa, a little bit warm there. And then Asia. So uh, it's humid there. You get more... um, leaf and canopy cover in Asia. So you won't see it as often there. Um, You definitely see it more frequently with the uh, African elephants, but it it really is out of necessity, not out of play.
1: And also if you see uh, pigs doing it, they're doing it for the same reason. They're covering themselves, protecting their their, uh, skin from the sun and also to detoxify it since pigs don't have sweat glands uh, in order to remove toxins from their bodies. That's how they do it. So having a pig pen, it's actually a really good thing for pigs.
0: Yeah. So basically what, what you're learning from this set of facts, guys, is if you're watching this video and you're age up to, I don't know, maybe you can get away with it at like 13. If you decide to go rolling around in the mud and your mom or dad gets mad at you, you just tell them sunblock. You had a practical purpose. You weren't playing in the mud or detoxing. The sun was very hot, and you wanted to make sure you had sunblock on. So that's that's the lesson that we should learn from.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. I think if my child ever did that, if I had a child, I'll be like, "Oh, you're detoxing. Oh, how smart of you!" Because they actually do have mud, pad, you know, mud baths and things like that.
0: Gotcha. For humans. And then you just keep feeding him healthy green drinks after that. You're like, no, I'm just helping. I thought you were on a detox plan. No, I'm just helping you, Junior. You're welcome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> um, so talking about the uh, elephant skin and being so so thick, it's surprisingly actually really sensitive too, and not just to temperature. It's actually really sensitive to touch. They've got a lot of um, nerve endings all over their body. And you would think, usually when you think something has a thick hive, it's for protection. So it was surprising to me when I read that the folds of their skin and everything is is very, very sensitive to touch with all the sensors there. And then I never really realized, I knew it was thick, but I never realized how many folds an elephant's skin has. And apparently within the folds, especially around the legs and, and the joints and stuff like that, it retains moisture, so it's actually part of like a cooling aspect.
1: That so cool. Yeah, I was reading something that that is very different from from the skin or evolution, but it actually had to do not with evolution. This actually has to do with evolution. They're talking about sizes, so not necessarily an elephant fact, but the size of an elephant and how the animal size of an elephant, who actually evolved to the animal to an animal the size of a sheep, so elephant sheep, if you were to kind of compare, yeah. Um, yeah. in 100,000 generations. But for an animal, the size of a sheep, to evolve to, an anim- to the size of an animal, like an elephant, it will actually take 1.6 million generations. So it's easier for large animals, and we see that a lot with evolution, like gigantic critters became raccoons, or yeah. the big... Uh, Ground uh, sloth became a tiny sloth, and so it seems like it's easier for adaptation and evolution to go from big to small than from small to big, unless we manipulate it, which we have done a lot with different animals—work horses, or cattle, or dogs, or sheep. We have actually accelerated the evolution, but that's not naturally occurring.
0: Yeah, you actually basically the from what I've read in the past, the gist of it is that. You would need the perfect environment because for something to get bigger genetically, you would have to have the bigger animals breeding time and time again. And you can't sustain large animals without everything they need in their environment. It's not just about food. Do you have enough water? Do you have enough food? Do you have enough shelter? Do you have enough space between the big animals Mm -hmm. so they're not fighting? So when resources become more scarce, animals do tend to shrink and it's not... Sometimes it's genetics, but a lot of times it's just that the smaller ones have better survival traits because they don't need as much food. So then all of a sudden they become the more popular one either to mate with or the larger ones die because they can't eat. And we talked about this in the alligator video and the snake video. They don't have a finite lifespan. What ends up killing an alligator or a snake, they just can't find enough food anymore. Mm -hmm. They've gotten so big they can't move around either. So now they're a sitting target for a predator or they can't find enough food. So my guess would be that that's probably more why the tendency would be it's easier to shrink than it is to to grow over time.
1: Definitely, definitely. It requires more resources and usually resources become more scarce Mm
0: -hmm.
1: sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. Because dinosaurs obviously were started tiny and then got big. So, you know, it can go both ways, but like Maria said, it, it takes much, much longer to get bigger than smaller. Okay, let's see. We've talked about this before, too, but I actually think it's it's a curious and sad fact all at the same time. But because of all of the hunting and overhunting and the tusk trade and everything with elephants, uh, there's actually elephants being born now that either have no tusks at Mm -hmm. all or smaller tusks. And again, it's a little bit of the reason, like we just said, that the ones with the larger tusks are being hunted um so they're at a disadvantage it used to be that larger tusks made them more attractive and they had more options for reproducing but there was a change in the environment unfortunately the change in the environment was us and because they're getting hunted now people the younger smaller tusks elephants are having a greater chance of reproducing and hence you get that and it's gone fast too you think of evolution happening over 10, 50, 100, like Maria was saying, 10,000 generations. And this has happened in like two, three, four, five generations that it's Mm -hmm. been that noticeable that quick. Yeah, because you
1: eliminate the pool so fast. So if Mm -hmm. you had, before you had five choices of large tusks and two or three with smaller tusks, again, they were more attracted to larger tusks. Well, now all of that is eliminated. So you only have few
0: choices. Mm -hmm.
1: Um. I found very, very amazing, and I didn't know this that um, there, nobody has actually been able to domesticate an African elephant. Mm-hmm. I was very surprised. Yeah, I mean... only the Asian have been able to be domesticated. In, in more particular, the Indian, because there are a lot of Asian elephants. Yeah. Um, so it, and I was very shocked because I never, it never occurred to me that one species would be domesticated over the other being so similar
0: yeah I know the Asian ones are smaller I would like to I because I read that fact too and I was kind of like I'm not sure because I feel like like the Ringling Brothers circuses and stuff used to have African elephants but then I'm going well that doesn't maybe doesn't count as domestication because they're not doing usually when you say domestication they're doing work for you Exactly, pets or they're providing a you know physical labor or something, not as a show. Uh, so there might be kind of a caveat, or all those elephants were Asian elephants. But I've seen Asian elephants, and they really are smaller. I haven't seen an African elephant in person, but Asian ones from everything I've read and I've seen some in person, they're not as big uh, as you would think. And I actually would be curious because I know on Undiscovered Worlds you had done a video once that involved pygmy elephants right? Yes. And I'd be interested to see size-wise what a pygmy elephant. That's the size of a horse. Asian elephant. Okay. They're the size of a horse.
1: They're the size of a large horse. And then you have the Asian, which are much taller. Okay. And then the Africans, they're humongous. And I assume also some of the reasons is when you have such large animal, it's harder to control and for that animal to trust you because they're very finicky and jumpy. So they're yeah. not going to be that easy to manipulate. And the larger, the the harder it would be.
0: And it is a temperament thing. And then there's also a kind of a perpetuation thing because Asian elephants were domesticated a long time ago because they get used a lot in Asia for like logging and, and any kind of heavy manual labor that then a lot of the new ones would have exposure. Even if they weren't domesticated, they would have exposure to domesticated elephants. So it might just kind of be a, Kind of a self perpetuation of why they're much easier to domesticate.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but that mm-hmm. I don't
0: know for sure. That's just me postulating. Awesome. Is it my turn? Okay. Yes. So, I think most people know elephants are pretty. They're social by nature, as far as like traveling in packs, but they're also extremely emotional and social. So. To the point where, and I've said this before in in previous videos, that baby elephants actually will suck on their trunk the same way that a human baby will suck on their thumb when it needs to soothe itself. But then you can actually see when groups of elephants come together or they haven't seen each other in a while, they'll actually hug each other with their trunks too as a form of greeting uh, and affection. there are other aspects of it, just like with being human, with the good and the happy comes the bad. So when you're feeling that connection with those in your group, unfortunately, when those in your group pass, you equally feel the pain of those connections that are no longer there. And elephants have been known to mourn. They've they've revisited sites where another elephant has passed on years later. Uh, mm-hmm. They've actually been seen kind of pawing at the ground, even. I say pawing, and I know that that's not the right word for their feet, but in areas that that others have passed on as almost like a recognition or a memory of them. So uh, very extremely, extremely emotional animals.
1: And uh, there's a story that happened in 2012, and this is part of a fact I have. In 2012, elephant whisperer, Lawrence Anthony, passed away and uh, he was such a big advocate and he used to take care, such good care for, I mean, he was called the elephant whisperer for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, a whole, a herd of elephants actually went to his house and did their mooring ritual, which they do, which is like they walk in circles. They do a little bit of that digging with their paws or like a little bit of a stumping motion and mm-hmm. movement of their tusks. And that's what they did for him.
0: Mm-hmm. I came across that fact. And I think the part of it that actually to me made it so amazing was in one account that I read, they had no way to know that he had passed on. It's not like somebody went out to the herd because they traveled to get to him. So it's not like somebody went two miles away to find that specific herd to tell them, Hey, uh, this individual has passed. They somehow knew and it could also
1: be that the patterns had changed. Like he used to go and visit them every Tuesday not that they know it's a Tuesday, but they, you know, they're very smart. They're able to to have some idea of of time or or maybe changes in season. Something that that showed them that maybe uh, the elephant whisper Lawrence Anthony had not been there for a while, and therefore they probably went to see what was happening. Okay. And, I mean, I'm speculating at this point, but I I will have to assume that unless they're clairvoyant, they probably sense. Are breaking the pattern that he used to do, and therefore they went to, to inspect uh, what was happening.
0: Okay, I'm
1: speculating.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys have watched this channel before, you know one of my favorite topics, something I have not seen in person, I've only seen photos of, but is something that I just really, really want. Like, I want to see the Northern Lights, um, there's there's certain things I want to see, but and most people don't realize this, but elephants are actually amazingly good swimmers, and all they have to do is keep their trunk above water because that's basically how they breathe. Um, and we've joked in the past about how uh, if you've seen the photo, there's like a Nessie, and it's actually a trunk uh, elephant walking on the ground, and he's got like a little mask of a Loch Ness monster, and he's hanging it off his trunk, which is always funny. But there are some absolutely gorgeous photos of just people taking photos from underneath elephants swimming and then I saw a photo of the I love these photos also of the person taking the photo of the person taking the photo
1: I love that
0: a scuba diver must have swum back from his group because there's a photo of scuba divers on the bottom of the ocean looking up at an elephant swimming across and the distance is is pretty vast i mean they were scuba diving clearly so they needed equipment um but it's just absolutely and
1: also to be on the depth to wait for the elephant to pass
0: Mm -hmm, but absolutely gorgeous and we haven't talked about it for this video but i'm pretty sure that's one of those things that i just described is probably going to be the thumbnail so you probably have already seen it because that's probably how you ended up here because the photo is just absolutely gorgeous
1: and we do have that photo of uh fake Nessie in, um, as a, uh, post from an older video. Yes. when we were talking about, I don't remember what we were talking about. I think we started talking about cryptids and we're Probably. breaking them down and yeah, because we haven't really done anything much about elephants. We talk about elephants often, but mm-hmm. we haven't mm-hmm. done a video about elephants. And, uh, yeah. So, it's, so if you want to look back on Patreon, like several episodes ago, you will see the photo. That Ryan is referring to,
0: mm-hmm. but the uh, the one for this video is going to be the real one of the guy swimming next to the elephant underwater, deep blue sea, up angle, absolutely gorgeous. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't promise. I am it. making
1: a note of that now.
0: I mean, if we find something better, but I can't imagine us finding anything better than that. But maybe it's just me. I, I'm aesthetically biased. I love water. I love the concept of an animal that gigantic swimming. I love the contrast of the scuba divers. And, and Maria may uh, outvote me and she be like, no, it's going to be this one instead. So if we don't make it the thumbnail, we'll put it as a post regardless.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to use it as a thumbnail. Less work for me. <laughs> yeah, okay,
0: sure. We'll do that. We'll do that.
1: <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I had that one about the elephant swimming just because it's okay, so fascinating. But uh, one thing I found really hilarious and amazing at the same time is that you know how sometimes after we eat, our stomachs make a lot of noises. And okay. it can get pretty loud. Well, elephants, and uh, they're very, very, very loud. And when so when they're making a lot of sounds, elephants can actually stop their digestion to stop the sound mm-hmm. in case there is a predator around. Cool. So if they're digesting their stuff, but they hear... Something happening around, they will stop the noise because they that will attract um, an animal.
0: Very interesting. I know. Um, so we were talking about tusks earlier, and I wanted to bring it back around a little bit because, and Maria was doing the research, so I don't want to turn it into a quiz because I'm sure she already knows the answer. But I'll ask it as a general context, and I'll give you about five seconds, everybody out there, to kind of take your guesses as to what the answer is. But do you know what an elephant's tusk actually is?
1: Yeah, it's a uh, keratin. Oh, sorry, I didn't give five seconds.
0: That's okay. Um, so basically, their tusk is really just an elongated incisor. It's a tooth. It's just one of their tooth are really, really, really long. Um, if you're watching this video, you're probably an animal lover. If you're watching this channel, you're definitely an animal lover if that's how you, you got here. but I just want everybody to think about this for a second, and this will be about as high on my horse as as I get. But it's a tooth, so high, ta- high on
1: the elephant as you can get. Yes.
0: So when you're when you're talking about people that in the tusk trade that cut off tusks, I want everybody to imagine your molar getting cut in half, not pulled out. No, 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 because then that's shock and the nerves can kind of go dead. No, I'm talking about somebody cutting through halfway through your incisor, which would be theirs, or your molar. That's what's actually happening. So I just wanted to put that in context. All right, back to the fun. What do you got, Mar?
1: <laughs> the problem with that is they don't just, like, get the animal, like, here, let me grab your, your cut it. No, they actually go beyond that and, and sacrifice the animal just to steal it, which is the worst part.
0: Well, it's it's so that was actually going to be my next one, and, and I'll bring it. Up. But it's it's a tool for them. Like they use tusks for, um, basically for digging up roots, peeling tree bark, um, defending themselves. Defending themselves, and just like human beings, elephants can actually be right or left tusked. So it's basically somebody's taking that ability. It's like, oh, you're right-handed or left-handed. Oh, I have no hands. Somebody cut them off. I am I am footed. Um, so yeah. And ones that don't have it learn how to use their trunks better, and they can, you know. So to them, they've always lived that way. So it's not like they can't get by without tusks. So the ones that are evolving now, that are either short tusks or non tusks they're they're fine. But again, it's if you grow up that way, you learn how to survive that way. Bye.
1: And actually, some some people at least um, several uh, years ago, just so you know, because things have evolved and changed they will actually stain the tusks mm-hmm. so people did were not tempted to steal them yeah they will stain them like okay it's pink
0: mm-hmm.
1: or purple whatever now you don't want to steal it so they will stain them um that enamel and stuff too to...
0: yeah to, to stop poaching they've done a bunch of stuff i mean they've they've implanted tags i've heard they, they've put like um uh i can't think of the word i want here but uh really radi- the radiation like they were able to add like radiation. So it would be unhealthy if you were to actually try to take it. Like they've tried a lot of different things. Even to the po-
1: point of even cutting them. Like they do yeah. that with rhinoceros. They they cut it like, okay, I'm sorry, this is gonna be horrible, but if I can keep you alive. Yeah. So they, But they will do it through surgery. Mm-hmm. and They will do it through the best way. And again, we have evolved so much and we're trying to help animals the best way we can with the best resources we can. So as, as science gets better and better, they will be less pain uh, yeah. to protect the animals for everyone. Yeah. But elephants are mammals. Of course, we notice they, they feed their babies uh, through milk, but they have the longest pregnancy of all the mammals. Yes. Can you venture a guess?
0: I mean, I have a ballpark just because I did the research that you did. So let's give everybody out there a uh, a second or two to take some guesses. And if you want to, if you don't want to pick a specific month, you can pick it in terms of how many human pregnancies would uh, would you have to, to do to equal an elephant pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. So I will let you give either any hints you want or just give the answer. It's up to
1: you. No, it's actually about two years.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I just it was...
1: made it easier because it, it's 22 months.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was 22. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in my mind, I just remember when I read the fact, I was like, that's like two and a half human pregnancies. <laughs> that's like less than the average children that people are, are putting out in the United States these days. So a human person is pregnant less time than an elephant is pregnant for the most part over their entire lifespan. Uh, yeah.
1: That is so fascinating. That
0: interesting. So in the uh, in the bear video, we did a lot of polar bear stuff and we were talking about the smell ability of a polar bear to smell like below the ice and like how attuned their sense of smell was. And I found it interesting that elephant elephants actually have an ability to smell water and it's mm-hmm. so fine that they're, they can detect water sources from as far as 12 miles away.
1: Oh, 12. Okay
0: and and i was surprised what number did you have
1: i actually had 3 so i okay. wonder
0: that's fine mine could be I, I've got mine with like a source link, but I didn't go to the source link and actually read the article it was linking to. But the site I got it from is, is usually pretty reputable. Re- reputable? <laughs>
1: reputable. But also, I i don't know either mine was a general, so I don't know if it's the African elephant or the Asian uh-huh. elephant. Because again, the African elephant, in order to be able to find sources of water, they have to become better.
0: Very good point. And I think so, the other thing is... Smell can be an aspect, but anybody that's ever uh, ridden on a motor scooter or a motorcycle or something, some vehicle that isn't enclosed, if you're not near a body of water and you start approaching a body of water, you can always feel it in the air. You can feel the humidity jump up and you get that sense. So if it's in a dry environment... And the temperature. Yep. Temperature drop, humidity. Like you just, you know, it's like, I don't know where it is, but I'm near a large body of water. Um, I wonder if there might be an aspect of that too. So sense of smell, but also sense in that humidity drift that might be coming from a pool water. But again, this is just, that was a, I was curious when I read it, but I didn't want to like go down a rabbit hole and start researching that one. And also
1: remember that different plants grow in different sources. So if there's a particular smell or mold Mm. of uh, a different a plant or, or a fungus that grows in that area, they may be able to pick that up and it's the process of association. Like when, if you haven't been near the ocean for a long time, and let's say you arrive in Miami or anywhere in Florida or anywhere near the ocean and you arrive, you can smell it. You can smell the ocean. You just, you know that you're very far away from it, but you can smell it. You can smell a little bit of the salt, or at least that was my impression Several years ago, I haven't been in Florida for a a long time. And when I arrived, I was shocked that I could smell the ocean.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And I was far from it, far away from it, several kilometers, several miles away from it.
0: So when I arrived in Miami on a connecting flight and we got off the plane, and uh, I think it's Miami that has the uh, outside tarmacs. You actually exit the plane. It's not all interior. Have you ever loaded or unloaded right on the uh, tarmac itself?
1: Or yeah, but you... not in Florida.
0: Okay, so I did it once. Or in not
1: in the U.S. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. In smaller, smaller airports, I have, but not.
0: Yeah, recently. but yeah, exactly what you were saying. It hit me like immediately because usually when you go from the plane to a, a runway tube to the inside of the airport, you're still kind of AC sheltered. I mean, it's not a closed system yep. obviously, but yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely know what you're talking about.
1: <coughs> Sorry changes in temperature
0: <laughs> I should have messed with you there's
1: the ac m- turn on
0: <laughs> if you ever guys ever mess with somebody there's a fun way to torture people right as you feel like they're about to sneeze say bless you and it'll actually for a lot of people it'll cut off their sneeze reflex but then it'll come back shortly thereafter so you just keep saying bless you before they sneeze it's it's fun
1: <laughs> wow the difference is in fun
0: I torture people on occasion in, in nice, caring ways. Um, <laughs> okay, so I was talking about the water, and, the, and then you were bringing up the, the fantastic point of the plants, which makes it your fact, Maria. So
1: we understand their, their intelligence. We You talked earlier about mourning, and we talked about, about how uh, their intelligence is, but the more impressive part is how they can understand, just like dogs do, They can understand instinctively human gestures, which I was very surprised. And some may even start to pick up language. Like there was an elephant in Korea who tried to vocalize certain words uh, to get get whatever they wanted. So they're really good at understanding pointing. Like if you point at something, they will actually look at it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay i didn't check this one so i am gonna go ahead and and i'm gonna throw it out to the uh the comments because we don't have a live chat going and then i'd like maria's opinion on it also you don't have to create a post if you don't want to maria that's up to you You okay that's just that comment why maria's is writing is she's writing the posts basically after every show if you guys are new here uh the questions that we bring up during the show uh we like to put in the community posts so there's like a consolidated area for that conversation um so in this show um we'll always ask do you have any more cool facts about whatever that topic is that elephant that uh for that show and then sometimes we throw in other questions that we want to know the answer to or we're curious if you guys have stories about um so those are in the YouTube community sections and in the free section of Patreon um but this one I'm curious Maria do you is this true or false Elephants are the only mammals, besides humans, that have chins. Can you think of another mammal? And I don't know the answer to this. This isn't a quiz. I actually didn't get a chance to research it. Like, does an orangutan have a chin? That's what I was thinking. I was like, the first one, like, monkeys? Like, how do you want to define, like, a chin? Does it need to be a protuberance of the bone? No,
1: I will think a chin is the lower jaw, the mandible. And this is a chin, am I right? Yeah,
0: but it would have so to the come lower around.
1: mandible.
0: Everybody, everybody has a lower mandible for mammals for the most part, so it'd have to be like our chin's actually the bone kind of. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, you can't see me. No, see yeah, me? Okay. yeah. No, I know what you're pointing at. Okay. Um, but do chimps or orangutans or anybody else have a chin? I'd be I'd be curious. Do you want? Let's do it as a post. You had already written it down, so that'll be our two posts. I
1: haven't, but I can.
0: Yeah, th- that'll be our two posts for this show. Do any other mammals that you can think of have a chin? And then for that matter, do any other animals in general that you can think of have a chin? Yeah, I'm because trying- that's very bizarre. I'm trying to venture out, like, to go even further in an animal kingdom, but I just feel like that's a very mammal trait. Like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Oh, you get those lizards, like chameleons. Don't they have, like, a little point? Let me look at our logo. Yeah,
1: but that will be in their neck.
0: OK, OK.
1: But, but yeah, a... I I don't know if that fact is true unless they're trying to specify I think it's not chin. Oh no, that wouldn't work either. No. You know how we call our knee below our kneecap that area the chin?
0: No, I've never heard that before.
1: Okay. Like you you splin chin splint.
0: No, shin. Shin splint. Shin. That's your shin with an S-H-I-N. Um yeah, I was a sports med major, so I was like, I can't see, <laughs> I can't hear "Any weird like that little dimple because there's that tendon that connects your your kneecap to your your leg." All right, we're getting too far off track here. All right, bringing it back.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Uh, but did you know? Huh? Yes,
0: I didn't know. Tell me.
1: I was actually very surprised about this. Um, you know how in cartoons they show the elephant being afraid of mice? Yes. And there is actually, it's not that they're afraid of mice. It's not like, oh my gosh, it's a mouse, therefore I shall be afraid. They just don't like small things because they move faster. They can follow them, but they actually have a terrified of bee sounds. Mm -hmm. Like they have a vocalization called run away. Bees are angry. Like they actually do have a tone for that. It's
0: called bee rumble. I found that too. It's, It's literally called a bee rumble. Bee rumble.
1: Ha! hmm so But the
0: cool thing is, and this is these are the stories that I love to hear, because we can, we can use animals' tendencies to help us without having to do things that harm them necessarily. So now there's areas where they figured out the appropriate distance between beehives, and they actually put a string, and they put beehives. And now instead of needing a fence with barbed wire that costs more, more labor, harms the animal elephants won't go anywhere near the crops of the animals if they put up this essential bee fence that i thought was cool and i'm sorry if you had that and i took it away from you i apologize i just
1: no that's fine i'm glad you actually added on to it i was gonna mention it but it's not a problem
0: oh i love i just i when i read that i was like that's a see that's how we should do it If if there's a way to do it without putting physical barriers plus how nice is it to wake up in the morning and look off your porch and just see the land stretch out in front of you opposed to Wake up in the morning and see a cinder block wall in front of you because you're trying to keep something out or in.
1: And not only that, but then the bees are pollinators, which actually will help. So there is actually a lot of symbiotic uh, that would be beneficial to us humans to protect the crops. Mm -hmm. And the crops are protected. So the crops are protected by the bees. The bees get food source and the elephants will not destroy it. It's actually a perfect system.
0: Mm -hmm. So you were talking about the elephant that actually tried to talk earlier. So I actually, that was in one of my facts. And then if you've got another one or two cool ones you want to do, and then we'll jump to the quizzes. How about that? Okay. good. So the elephant, they did actually consider success. They said that he could talk. And his name was Koshik, the elephant from South Korea. And um, basically, he can make the sounds of five words uh, that he heard from his trainer. And again, it might be easier for, as with a lot of us, you guys have ever tried to learn Spanish if you're an English speaker and roll your R's and it's a little bit tough? Or you go to Asia or other Asian countries and it's hard to make certain sounds? So it might be easier for an elephant to speak Korean than it is English. Yeah, because it could be. You learn how to say hello, but it's anewengo or And sit down is anja. And no is aniya. So I think these are probably sounds that are much easier for an elephant to make. An elephant's not gonna say lie down, but this guy learned how to say lie down, but that's because it was nuwo. So I think nuwo is, is a sound that I could see an elephant being able to make. Um, and joa, which is good. So he's got hello, sit down, no, lie down, and good. And what I found funny about all this was they were teaching the elephant how to talk, so words he could say. But all the words they taught him are like directions you would give the elephant. So I can just see him having a conversation with his keepers. And he's like, hello, sit down, lie down. (laughs) And watching the human go through all the dog tricks because those are the words that he knows.
1: (laughs) That is just so adorable. And they actually noticed that in in, uh, elephants in Kenya, in the Tsavo National Park in Kenya, they're actually they're very good at mimicking sounds. But what they found out is there is a very big highway that goes near the park. So they're actually making truck sounds also.
0: (laughs) You move out to a nice rural area to get peace and quiet and your elephants like to go on a few mile jaunts to go to their favorite watering hole. And they come back with Yes, yeah, sounds of traffic you were trying to avoid in the first place. I thought that was so perfect. It's just so perfect. That is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see. I only have one quiz for you. Do you have any quizzes? Yes, I actually do. Okay. All right. Any more fun facts? You want to do quizzes?
1: Uh, let's jump to fun facts, and then I'll maybe mix a quiz here. And uh, um, Let's jump to quizzes, and okay. it may mix with what I have, so okay. it's
0: okay. I only have one. You want to go first, then ask me one? Yes,
1: I will. Okay. One is a good one. The other one is really weird, so don't judge me. But the first okay. one, the first question is, what do cats and elephants have in common? And who will win a race between a cat and an elephant? So those are two questions. The first one is, what do elephants and cats have in common?
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I know elephants have a little bit of a rumble. Now, I don't know if you would call it a purr. I, I almost feel like I could call a cat purr and an elephant rumble the same sound. Oh, is that it? Oh, I was trying to play a technicality. I was going to be a smart aleck on that one. (laughs) No,
1: because they use it as a mean of communication.
0: Yeah. I was going to be a smart aleck on that one. I I Generally, that was, I'm like, I have no answer, but I'm going to make something up.
1: No, but I love love when even if we don't know an answer, we go through that process of breaking it down because hopefully you guys in the audience can see where our logic is going and what Mm -hmm. we're trying to do so that, I don't know. It gives you an insight into how we, our brain works.
0: And and if we know the answer, we do try to say that we know it. So that way it's it's more fun and it's a lot more honest. It's not like, oh, you're so smart, Maria. You came up with the right answer. It's like, if we genuinely know the answer because we did some of the same research, we will call it out and then give you guys an opportunity to answer it because we don't want to take the fun away from you guys. I mean, honestly, these quizzes are more for you guys to have fun than, than for us necessarily. But do you have a bunch of them? Do you want, so you just have the I two? no.
1: So I'm mixing it with who... Is faster, an elephant or a cat. Like, if you put them on a race and the bell hits, who's going to ride first at the end line, at the end? We're,
0: we're assuming they're both willing to run as soon as the race starts and they go straight. Oh, of course, if the conditions are perfect. Okay, we're, we're not like cats like, run, run, run. <laughs> Ooh, distracted, what's up? <laughs> uh, squirrel. Um, Peanut. Squirrel. Man, I didn't look up any facts as far as, like, how fast an elephant could run, so I don't have... You know what giraffes are sneaky fast so i'm i'm gonna go with elephant just because i know giraffes are sneaky fast so i'm going elephant on that one
1: okay and who runs faster between Usain bolt and an elephant
0: was i right on the elephant
1: no you were not but that's okay (laughs) i was gonna tell you the right answer (laughs) i
0: mean i felt like the obvious answer was the one that was the un- obvious answer, but then I thought we've done that so many times. You were trying to like double out think me. It's like I know what he's thinking, so I'm gonna think the opposite that he's thinking, but then think that he knows <laughs> what he's thinking, that we, yeah. Um, between Usain Bolton and Elephant, um, humans really aren't that fast, so I'm, I'm going Elephant again. I yeah, get, you yeah. got that one right. We think we're fast, but we, we really aren't that fast. Oh, no. What?
1: Well do you say wins between Usain Bolt and an elephant?
0: For a long distance, I'd give it to an elephant.
1: Oh, for a long distance, but is he a long distance runner? Well no, but you
0: didn't specify what the race was. Okay, so short distance? Yeah, it takes elephants a while to get their romp going before they're up at full speed. So Well
1: Usain Bolt runs a little fast a little. Faster than an elephant. But slower than a domestic cat. I mean cats are fast.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, they are.
1: Okay, so that was my two-tier, three-tier, four-tier question.
0: Okay, so this one, I do know the answer to. It's a little similar to the chin one, but
1: not this one I
0: have an answer to. So, it's a myth. So, I get to myth bust, then ask a question. It is a myth that elephants are the only mammals that can't jump. There's a lot going on around there. There's like, oh, the elephants are the only mammals that can't jump. It's not true. Cannot.
1: Cannot.
0: Cannot jump. There are th- three, three others
1: that cannot jump. Cannot
0: jump. Mammals. I will
1: give you guesses to see how
0: many of the three you get.
1: Huh? I actually don't think I'm gonna get any of them. Mammals.
0: Mammals specifically.
1: Oh my gosh! Give me clues.
0: Give you clues. So, I would expect to find, like, two of the three hanging out in the same kind of environments as okay, elephants. Okay, so
1: I will think as sloth.
0: Okay, that wouldn't be the same environment as the African elephant, but all right, her first guess is sloth, everybody.
1: So, from the same area as an African elephant. So, we have... General, like
0: Africa area. I don't know that they like are in the exact uh, habitat crossover. I think. No, they I are.
1: understand. Yeah. Yeah. I Understand, but we're talking about a really vast territory, and I went through all the gazelles, um, land animals like zebras, and surikats. You cats. met
0: one of them earlier, actually. I did. You did.
1: Oh, lorry lord. <laughs> it wasn't a flamingo because that was in the past video.
0: <laughs> I can't a couple
1: remember. Couple
0: more, a couple more seconds. You want to just spit two out for fun or you a want? A bear.
1: The- no, bears can jump. I don't know what I mentioned earlier. I can't think of it. Sheep can jump. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm seriously drawing a blank.
0: Would you like the answer?
1: Yes, please. And I'm going to be like, oh, I should have known that.
0: Rhino, which you mentioned earlier.
1: I've seen them bucking.
0: They can't jump. So basically, and I'll give you the technicality on these two. Rhinos and hippos. Rhinos and hippos run fast. So there is a point in time where... None of their feet are on the ground, but that's not just a standstill, like, vertical leap. No, I got jumped.
1: This is jumping.
0: Yeah. It's more just that they can't stand in that, but you are right on the sloth, of course. I've never seen a sloth jump. I don't even... I imagine the preparedness for a sloth to jump would just take so long that they'd lose their interest by the time they were about to leave the ground, even if they could. Um, But yes. I'm uh, perplexed. Everybody out there, it is sloth, rhino, hippo. Are, are Maria's calling a, a fault on that one? You're, you're arguing that no, one No, no, no. Okay, okay.
1: No, because bucking is not the same as jumping. So like when you see baby elephants uh, or rhinos, actually you see them like bucking a little bit. Okay. So that's the only reason why, but I cannot imagine a horse also doing this type of jump. I see them bucking. So that's why I'm having a hard time.
0: you ever seen a horse get scared? It will literally leap with all four feet up to the side. Yes,
1: very good point.
0: Horse can version. I would
1: have thought rhinos could do too, at least baby rhinos. So I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I assume that just because you can do it for two months while you're still a tiny baby and you're lighter, you won't be able to do it later.
0: Yeah, I think the argument of just bucking isn't a jump because you're using the momentum of getting your front feet off to then kick your back feet up right before your front feet hit Yes. So it's more of a momentum play than it is just a a vertical leap. Hmm. Uh, All right, everybody, we have gotten uh, towards the end of the show. So uh, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed the facts. If you guys can do us a favor, please. You made it this far, so I'm assuming you enjoyed the show. Uh, Please click the subscribe button for us. It really helps us get our content out there so other people can uh, share in the fun. And uh, click the bell notification because you will, bell icon, then you get notifications of the new videos coming out. If you guys haven't already, go over to Undiscovered Worlds. We're doing a lot of these fact type videos over there. And the subjects over there are basically anything but animals. Uh, Maria and I love animals, but we wanna have a little extra fun. So uh, we're doing like ancient Egypt over there and like baby human facts. And um, there's just a bunch of other random topics. And then also- opportunity Yeah for you guys, uh, write in the comments of topics you might want us to cover um, or animals you might want us to cover. Um, again, all the comments for the questions we brought up in the show are in the YouTube community uh, tab and the free Patreon section. And uh, Mar, we jump over to the backstage show? Let's do it about that time guys we're going over to the backstage show that we do after every episode it is in the subscription area of patreon so if you are a patreon subscriber join us over there now and we will see you guys in a minute and everybody else we will see you
1: next time next time